0: Welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. This is episode 99, which means we're going to closer to the magic number of 100. Although, to be completely honest, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to cover next week, but I can promise you it will be special. Anyway, today is 99, and today's focus is going to be on some intentional practices that help in hard times. And the reason this feels relevant to me is because thus far, June has been a bit more stressful than usual. I'm not going to get into detail about what is causing the stress. It's not really personal. It's more work related, but it's been really tough and it has I don't know, kind of forced me to dig deep and think about things that can be comforting in times of stress and transition and things that have helped me in the past. So that is what I'm going to share with you today, a list of practices that I came up with that I have either used in the past that have helped in tough times or that perhaps I am employing these days during kind of rockier territory of life. All right. But first, of course, we have our planner piece segment. And thank you, thank you, thank you to those of you who have sent those in via either email or via SpeakPipe. I've gotten several of them, but please keep them coming. I love to have a collection. And who knows, maybe at some point, I'll do a catch up with an all planner piece or a several planner piece episode. So don't let the fact that I have a few submissions on deck stop you. I love hearing the pieces of your planner life that fit together and work, or even if you don't have full-on planner piece, but maybe you have planner piece in a certain segment of your life, feel free to share that too, especially if you're doing something unique like our current submission, Amelia did. So this one, as I said, is audio and I'll let her speak, but I was just so impressed and touched with the creativity that Amelia put into her system as well as the way she is sharing it with others. So without Continuing to give it all away, I will let her share her planner piece. Hi, Sarah. This is Amelia calling from Chicago with a planner piece segment,
1: though I am ending the period in my life in which this planner piece has been working for me. I have been in a nursing program in nursing school on a quarter system. And so at the start of every academic quarter, I put together all of the course syllabi and course schedules into a Google document that I then convert into a planner that has the 10-week quarter overview, all of the deadlines, all of the courses, all the upcoming courses, all the registration dates, and then a weekly time block and to-do list of all of our assignments every week. And then I share it with the rest of my nursing cohort. I print these out on a home printer using a PDF booklet function. um, And then I stitch them together and it's been quite nice. And then I put it in a, I put mine in a like kind of a Midori traveler system with my annual overview and my notes notebook. It's been working for me really well. But as I enter into quarter eight of eight quarters,
0: I don't know what's next. All right. So thank you so much, Amelia, for submitting that. I am so impressed at not only the ingenuity it took to kind of create this custom system, but also the generosity that you have in sharing it with your classmates. I have no doubt that prior editions of this will probably be used by classes to come. And if anybody else is inspired to create a similar system for their coursework, whether that's in nursing or in some other kind of medical field or something entirely unrelated, I could see this working even in high school or undergrad. Let us know. And with Amelia's permission, I will share some images from her beautiful system as well. So look out for those in the show notes. All right. Next, before we get to our main topic, I have an audio question that comes from Lori. So I will go ahead and let her share her question.
2: Hey, Sarah. My name is Lori. I'm calling from Quincy, Massachusetts. Had a quick question for you regarding a wall calendar. I don't think I've heard this brought up before, but I am looking for a wall calendar to put in my kitchen to kind of keep track of family activities on a monthly basis. And was hoping you could help me looking for something 17 by 23 inches or bigger. So if you have any tips for wall calendars, I would be open to a whiteboard or a paper calendar. That would be great. Thank you.
0: All right, Lori, well, this is a great question. It is summer and you guys heard me talk about my little 11-week summer calendar page that I'm currently using. My page is only 11 weeks on one printer paper size page. As I mentioned, I actually tore it out of the Organized 365 Summer Planner because I was struck by its brilliance and its simplicity and the ability to see the entire summer on one page. And I'm loving having that. But I can also see the appeal of having a larger system or something a little bit fancier, more aesthetically pleasing. And so I came up with three potential ideas for you, Lori. The first one is to go with a acrylic or whiteboard system from Etsy, which you could actually customize with your family's name. And so I think these look really aesthetically pleasing and kind of a decor element as well as being incredibly functional because they're whiteboards and you could color code and they're big. So you could really have a lot of the different family events up there on this whiteboard calendar. There are a number of shops on Etsy that sell items like this, but the one that caught my eye immediately was called 1801 and Company, and it looks like uh, they sell both whiteboard style and acrylic calendars that have your family name in a nice cursive and then, you know, different uh, full-on month that you can erase and rewrite, as well as areas for to-do list or shopping list or things like that. And I'm guessing that some of those elements are probably customizable as well. So, you know, you might want your shopping list on there or your week of dinners on there or your kids' soccer games on there for the week or something like that. And I know that you could make it work for your family. Plus these, again, are quite aesthetically pleasing. So that's one element. The other, actually I have two more. The second is something that I did cover on some prior episodes, but just in case you missed it and didn't check it out, that is the Essential Calendar. The Essential Calendar is a small business. I believe all of their products are made in the USA and they're kind of like a homegrown company where a woman was making it for her family and then realized that it could be useful for others as well. And what these are, are also seasonal calendars. So I'm not sure the essential calendar makes monthly views. So if that's what you need, I would more go with something like I mentioned above. But if you're open to having more than just the month with that big area that you have, you might want to check out the essential calendar because they have these great seasonal systems that you can, they look really nice hanging on the wall and they're pretty big and you can really put all of your family's activities in for a season. You'll be able to see travel all in one place, etc. And those are hanging and they're paper, but to me, they also look kind of minimalist and aesthetically pleasing. So that's one to check out as well. And then finally, the third option I had heard about before and in my searching, this caught my eye again, and that is called MC Squares. And I actually think a listener wrote to me about MC Squares in the past as well. But MC Squares makes modular calendars that stick to smooth surfaces. It sounds like they don't stick to paint, but I'm sure there's something you could figure out to help it stick to a painted surface if you needed to, like using command strips or something like that. But the cool thing about these calendars is that they, they're kind of modular, meaning there's a monthly calendar part, but then there's all these little to-do list parts that you can kind of nest around the calendar to your purposes. If you go to their website, you can see a lot of examples of what I'm Kind of talking about, which means it's very movable, very customizable. Um, You might have one of their to do lists used for the meal plan and another one used for your kids' activities and another one used for your workouts or whatever it is. And then you have the big monthly calendar as well. And according to their website, you can rewrite on them um, up to 2,000 times, which is a lot of times. So, Yeah, that's another great option if you have a decent sized amount of space where you wanna kind of have a family command center that includes a rewritable monthly calendar. So I hope one of those options works for you, Lori. You can feel free to update us and I could share that on a future episode. I do think having some sort of physical command center is helpful for many families. I know so many people are digital, but especially for kids or perhaps for a partner who's less likely to open an app but can't necessarily deny something staring at them in the face in the kitchen, these physical manifestations can be really, really helpful to make sure that everyone is on the same page. So I'm so glad you asked this question, Lori. It was a great one. All right, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors before we get back to the rest of the show.
2: Organization always gives you time. Brian Tracy said a minute spent planning saves you 10 in execution. You already know this. That is why you follow Sarah and listen to the Best Laid Plans podcast. The Sunday Basket is a natural partner for your planning routine. The Sunday Basket contains and corrals all your ideas, paper notes, to-do lists, and mail safely until you're ready for your weekly planning time. The Sunday Basket system has been proven to save five hours each week once you establish a weekly habit, which usually takes four to six weeks. My name is Lisa Woodruff, and I'm the founder and creator of The Sunday Basket and the 100-Day Home Organization Program. Sarah and I chatted in episode 33, and she's been sharing her Organized 365 journey with you here on Best Laid Plans. Organize 365 is proud to sponsor the Best Laid Plans podcast. You can find out more about The Sunday Basket on sundaybasket.com or try our free seven-day mini course by going to organize365.com slash mini course.
0: Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com slash plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50 at factormeals.com plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right. We are back. And I am going to talk a little bit about, as I mentioned in the introduction to this episode, just some practices and routines that I have put into place during times when things become a little bit more stressful. Some of them are related to planning. Some of them are more general as you guys know, this is not just a planning podcast, but we also cover planning adjacent things and just things which help us all to live more intentionally. So I hope that straying from the you know complete planner discussions is okay for this episode. I'd also love you to share any practices that you tend to put into place during these stressful kinds of times. All right. The first, which I've done in many circumstances, is to write out a manifesto. And I know that sounds so silly, but every once in a while when I'm jumping into a season that's just really, really stressful, especially when it's a time-limited season, like I know I have X amounts, months of something left that I'm, you know, sort of like running towards the finish line and maybe not that excited about, I will write a manifesto about just how I want to live and things I want to do and routines that I'm going to commit to during that time. I actually think one of the first manifestos I ever wrote was an anti-shopping manifesto with one of my best college friends. We wrote it together because we were both spending way too much money. And I do think it worked. It helped. I mean, writing down like in your own voice what you are setting out to do to help yourself, I think, can be really, really valuable. And so... I've done it in multiple times in the past, and I will not hesitate to do it again during stressful times. So, if you've never written a manifesto, and by the way, the reason I'm leaving this very open ended is because there's certainly not just one way a manifesto can look. It could be a list of practices, it could be a list of goals, it could just be writing your ideal vision of what the next month would look like. It could be a lot of different things, but I think sometimes just sitting down and journaling. Kind of a little pep talk to yourself and a list of things you are going to try to do in the coming finite period of time can be very helpful. And it has definitely helped me in the past. So number one is creating a manifesto. Number two is something that I'd advocated for on other occasions, but you, it's often something to revisit when things feel very stressful or up in the air or during transitions. And that is drawing out an ideal week. The purpose of this is not to make you feel bad because you're currently not living in that ideal week, but just to take a step back and realize that, like you know, you have something specific that you're aiming for, that the pieces of your puzzle do fit in some fashion, that even if you may still have to work a stressful job, there could be time kind of fit in to do other things or take time for yourself or have time with your family. And it sometimes just helps you to put the 168 hours of your week. I learned that from my other podcasting partner, Laura Vanderkam into perspective and reality. So I have definitely drawn out my ideal week on occasion. The full focus planner has a layout in the front where you can draw out your ideal week. They have time blocks from like 5 a.m. to midnight, which is really cool because you can draw out when you're sleeping and what you're doing. But um, Laura Vanderkam has her own Excel spreadsheet where you can do this. And I'm sure there are a number of other templates out there. Or you could just use a discarded planner and just kind of fill it in for a week that you would love for it to look like. Or you can do the same thing on on Google Calendar or iCal or your favorite electronic resource. All right. The third thing is to go into a temporary time tracking mode. And I think this can be particularly helpful when you are just trying to fit in a lot of things and you are telling yourself stories about how you're spending your time. Like, I just don't have any time for myself. And sometimes it can be helpful to just, I don't know, see what reality looks like on paper. And write down what you're doing throughout the day. And when I've done this, usually in every season, even when I'm quite busy, I realize that there is still some downtime or maybe I'm getting to fit in workouts or time with family for a short period of time, or at least that I'm getting enough sleep. Like I can show myself some small victories and that can be really helpful and a little bit therapeutic as well. The fourth thing is and this can go along with your ideal week and the time tracking, but really looking at your own self-care and I know self-care is kind of a tired term, but maybe looking at those resources and figuring out how you can fit in a little bit more downtime even in small pieces. It might mean that you instead of sitting to listen to a required, you know, meeting at work, you could take a walk and give yourself some care in that way. It may mean that you can book yourself a massage even if it's six weeks out and you'll have that to look forward to. Or it may just mean giving yourself a bedtime and making sure that you're trying to get as much sleep as you can in a busy season. But looking at your habits and your calendar and your time with the lens of how can I care for myself a little more gently during this time can be really, really helpful. The next thing I wanted to mention is a little bit of a concrete thing to try. But if you have not practiced meditation in the past, and you're going through something really difficult, it can be a nice time to give it a try. I know that it can feel like the hardest time to want to do that. Like, oh my God, I'm so busy. Like, how could I possibly sit there? I'm gonna be stewing in my thoughts. Like I have too much to do. And yet I have found when I just make an effort to fit in 10 minutes or a little bit more than that, either with an app or just setting a timer that the piece kind of comes back to me. And it's almost like by the act of fitting it in, you prove to yourself that you do have control of even these tiny bits of time. So this is something that helps helps me like when I'm on call or going through something stressful to just make sure I try to fit that in most days. Now, if you've tried meditating many times and have found that it's just not for you, I know that Christian Rubin is famous for this. She like loves to talk about how wonderful meditation is, but admits that she is not into it herself and that's totally fine and, and reasonable, um, then that's fine. But it's always something to consider or consider returning to if it's not something you're doing regularly and are curious about it. The next thing is the practice of gratitude, and that can look a lot of different ways. For me right now, I'm just trying to put some gratitude into my five-year journal, which you guys know I fill in on almost every day, and I've just made an effort recently to try to include something positive and to just scribble in there a few things that were good. If it was good weather, if it was about one of my kids behaving really well, even if the others weren't, then I will go ahead and try to appreciate the things that were positive. There's also data to suggest that if you list three good things for every day, either in a private venue or sharing them with a group, that that can actually improve your quality of life. So there's no better time to try to employ some of these tips and tricks than during some more tough, stressful, and transitional times. And I have two more. The last one, or the second to last one, sorry, is that... Right now, I've been taking a lot of comfort in reading a book about Stoic philosophy. Now, I am not an expert enough in Stoic philosophy to even give you a taste of why I'm finding that comforting, because I think it would be very silly for me to read two-thirds of a book and then be lecturing about what Stoic philosophy is or what it means. But I will just say that reading a book like this, or perhaps reading a book like Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, can really help provide some perspective when you're going through hard things because a lot of times philosophy centers around just the art of living and getting through tough things and people who have gotten through tough things before and ways they've thought about them. And I guess I'm being pretty generic because I'm not trying to push any specific philosophy for any specific person. But if you look for, you know, an interesting and renowned kind of nonfiction read on these types of topics, it can be really comforting during stressful times. So right now, I am enjoying my, my stoicism introduction, and there are so many others. If you have a book that you can recommend along these lines, then I would love to hear them as well. As I said, Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning was really powerful for me in this way as well in the past. And finally, the last thing I want to mention is therapy. So this is something that takes planning and it takes organization to go and seek help for yourself, whether that's through one of the virtual platforms or via a practitioner that is covered by your insurance or out of pocket. But I have found it very much worth doing in my life at various times when I've needed it. And it does sometimes take a little bit of effort to put that together at times when you don't feel like putting things together. But again, it's been something I've found worthwhile and has paid off dividends in the past. And I would say if you were at a really low point, but feel like you would benefit from talking to somebody, ask a partner or friend to help set it up. Maybe they could help you do the legwork. In many cases, people are looking for ways they can help, especially if it seems like you've been low or stressed, and having them help set something up for you would be something they could take off your plate that might be really, really helpful for you going through a tough time. All right. Well, this was quite the list. I am employing a lot of these techniques these days and they are helping me. And I hope that if you're going through anything stressful or do in the future, that maybe you can return to this episode and think about how some of these practices and tips might help. But again, it's by no means an exhaustive list. And I'd love to hear some of your own additions as well. I will be back next week for episode 100. I have some ideas of how I'm going to make it special. And then the week after that, we're going to do a mid-year planning blitz together. So it's going to be a little bit of a kind of guided, I don't want to say interactive, because let's face it, this is a podcast, so I can't really respond to you in the moment when I'm talking, but kind of a an exercise that we'll do together similar to something that we did towards the end of the year in planning our goals for 2022 so stay tuned for that it is just my pleasure to be able to bring you this podcast each week it remains a bright spot so thank you so much for listening if you have not left me a review i would love it do it via apple podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts send me an email via my contact which is shoeboxblog at gmail.com s-h-u-b-o-x-b-l-o-g at gmail.com or leave me an audio message via the speak pipe which more of you have been doing and i love it so keep those coming thank you so much thank you for listening and i hope you have a wonderful
2: week